I mean, some of it is just having that integrity and, and self-policing because usually there's not a lot of people with search experience outside of your team. Like for all of our jobs, we're usually the only person at our company. So I think that's where it comes with just being an honest person. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellerud from Ad Advance, and today I'm joined by Josh Justice. So, Josh, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with you, kind of give us a, a quick background and what you're up to right now. Yeah, so I've been working on Amazon, doing Amazon marketing, everything, basically, since about 2014. I'm currently managing Amazon search advertising for Amazon US, Mexico, and Brazil at the Lego Group, which is probably the coolest product that you know you could be working on. In the past, I've worked at a large agency, a small agency, small companies. I've done a ton of freelancing, had my own brand, which is how I got started on Amazon, like many people. And so I've just been, I've been doing it a while now. It's just gone by kind of quick, and I, I love it. I love, you know, I love our com- our community as well, right? So many people are friendly and, and share share a lot of knowledge, yourself included. And and you're you know, I've mentioned it to you privately before, but you're one of the people that I recommend people follow. Oh, you know, that's awesome. Cool uh Amazon Insights like you and, and Destiny and Elizabeth Green. You guys are like All the top the awesome three. resources. Yeah, I think you guys are great. You guys give a lot of good uh good information and like I say you guys give great info and really people often wonder why people share that but it's you can share but to execute it is the work right and so for sure uh, so appreciate what what you do and everybody else so oh i appreciate it and and i just gotta say too i mean our our community this amazon community is so awesome like you know we're just gearing up and getting ready to go the prosper show this will be going live the wednesday of prosper show and just being able to see the community and reach out to all these people i mean it, it is such an awesome community and like yourself included you're always posting some great content always have some great questions or comments on some of the different posts like and it, yeah I, I don't know i just love the the community that we've got to work with yeah like you said it's it's awesome yeah it's cool people are just so friendly and willing to help each other and you know the more i do this the more i just meet some really like you might feel really accomplished or smart one day and you just meet someone you're just like blown away by like what they've accomplished or like you know, how intelligent they are. I've met some people recently and I'm just like, they're so next level and like what I aspire to be professionally. And so it's cool, man. I, I feel like I chose well and the industry chose me too, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And like you were saying too, I mean, like working with Lego right now, and I, I just got to say like, I don't know, I'm a Lego nerd, like engineer yeah. background and like got three kids. And so last night, playing with Legos, building up different cars and everything like that. Yeah. We, we were watching Lego masters on Fox and like, we honestly, yeah. like the kids like forced me to have like competitions <laughs> with them where then I had to judge their builds and somebody has to turn in their minifig after and get voted off. I don't know when I'll be able to do that. Cause my older son is almost eight and my younger son's only a year and a half. So sure. right now the younger one is just basically throwing things or putting together the brick. <laughs> And, and uh but it's fun so that said what's the last set that you bought for yourself one and what's the last set that you bought for your kids or one of your kids oh man let's see lately it's been more like police or like fire truck focused and so there is this like police set that we were able to buy for me 
I even bought one personally for myself. I've just had my big like Lego set that, you know, now that the kiddos are there, finally got to bring out again. So it's been a, it's been a while. Man, you, you got to treat yourself. There's so many good sets. I think um, I, I'm not really into cars that much, but for some reason I like putting together like the motorcycles and the cars and there's so many good sets. So yeah, I was curious what. Oh, I take it back. Cool. So I got the robot set. And the yeah, one? yeah, the the one that you can program and make into oh, like yeah. it's got the remote control and everything. Yeah. So I, I claimed it was for the kids, but that was for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there's two. There's the boost set, which uses an app, and then there's the mindstorm set. And we, we got the, the mindstorm. Okay. That one I think we're gonna do maybe this year or next year. We have the boost one. And we, we like almost finished building it and then my son got distracted and then I got distracted. So it's sitting like half completed, I think next <laughs> year or something. So that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I wanted to have you on the podcast one, just because you have awesome insights, but two, just to get your perspective too, when you're dealing with like, when you're working with a well-established brand like Lego, how you kind of approach Amazon advertising as a whole. And so, you know, maybe let's just start really high level like for overall goals like how do you guys measure success or how do you set specific goals for the brand itself or for specific products and then we can work through the details after that yeah i think it's always you know it's always tricky to set like what is a good roas right like it's highly dependent on your brand like how how good your brand converts the, the category you're in, um, like talking with a friend that works in the mattress industry, his CPCs are like really, really high. And sure. then like toys are just kind of about average, about moderate. And then I came from supplements right before joining this company. Sure. And my CPCs to be competitive for top terms was like five to nine dollars. I remember there was a brand where we were trying to take over as many slots at the top as possible. Sure. So I got like 20 products. I bid them all like $15. <laughs> um, I could only get three out of the four slots. Yeah. I, I upped them all to $25. I still couldn't get all the top slots. And I think I had to go to like 30 or $35 and I would get all the top four slots <laughs> in like, like fish oil or omega three. Sure. And cause this one brain just kept their bids high no matter what. And I understand the strategy because that was their one product. We had more products to compete with that, with that brand. But sure. that brand also was, you know, probably doing some gray, gray hat or black hat tactics with like free bottles and all that kind of stuff. But it yeah. was worth it for them to pay that much. Because then it, sometimes when you bid that high, you don't pay that much because people start to get priced out and they drop their bids. So like when I was at the supplement brand at Nordic Naturals, I knew... I knew all the top competitors. I knew I could tell when they had budget. Sure. I knew what I had to do to price them up and get them out of there. And I could also really tell who was using an agency versus who was in-house because they would use some sort of automated rules-based thing. So like I could see nature's bounty. I'll just call that one out. They would only advertise during a certain time of the month or they would do like a uh, a strategy of like subscribe and save, save percent off on your first subscription. And so I could see when they were doing that and I could just like, okay, let me add four more products. Let me bid really high sure. and they would be done by the end of the day. And so I got really, you can't really do that at, at my current job. There's too many products. 
sure. it's way, it's a way different industry. Like with supplements, it's the same product for like 10 years. So you can afford to do that. And it's a, uh, a product that's a repeat purchase product. So you can justify a low row as like a one or two at times. Um, because, you know, Amazon, if you're big enough, they'll tell you how often people repeat purchase your brand over the course of a year. Sure. But then you also have that repeat purchase report in Seller Central or Vendor Central. Yeah. Um, in supplements, if you look at the quarterly repeat purchase rate, you're going to get a good understanding of, of, you know, how far that dollar is stretching. So I would see like 50% would repeat purchase this one product within two months. So then I know like, well, that one ROAS – X amount will repeat purchase and sure. subscribe. So then that one is really like a three ROAS just within the first, say, three to six months, much less the lifetime value, which you can't really can't really get, you know, you can't get that data very well on Amazon. But it's like yeah. with that strategy, it's different, right? Whereas toys, no one's gonna buy the same set unless maybe they're gonna try to resell it on Amazon or eBay, you know, like you see all these like resellers and they're always trying to get approved for Lego products. And sure. I'm in all the, I'm in, I used to be in all the Facebook groups. So I would see people get, after I started Lego, they were like name <laughs> distributors and <laughs> stuff where they could try to like get around it and stuff. So, yeah. um, but you just can't have to be a little bit more cautious. Yeah. Um, so, so a couple just, of key pieces that, that like just to unpack, cause you just covered a lot of awesome stuff. So yeah. one, I, I love the perspective on, you know, say if you're driving like a major product, like supplements that aren't going to change over time. And I I've heard this many times before too, but you will have maybe the main person who's has super high bids. And they know that other people are just going to go up a certain amount and then they're going to back off over time. And so getting like uber aggressive, then they're eventually going to see the returns they're getting from those ads and back off themselves. But it's kind of like this competition for some of those top spots. <laughs> and, and to be able yeah. to, to win that, you have to have a, a good amount of cash to be able to throw out that from the start, knowing that you're hopefully going to win the battle <laughs> like <Yeah>. after. <laughs> yeah, you can't really do it as a small brand. Like that's sure. where you really like there's a lot of things that when you're a smaller brand, you can do a lot better. You can like change your copy. You can do A-B testing much more quickly than you can at a big brand you can you know you can do a lot of stuff i mean you used to be able to get reviews a lot easier i'm so far out of like the review like trying to get reviews for products i'm not quite as savvy or i don't know what's you know i'm not i'm not super detailed on that or informed but yeah there was a there was a company during christmas which i called out on linkedin it's not a secret but osmo they make these really cool interactive products that like you you have like a physical product then it goes with your tablet and yeah and, um, i know what you're talking about yeah and they bid really high during prime day and during the holidays but it's like to compete you would have to bid like really high and hope that they would back down right sure. but they weren't backing down because i i tried doing some stress tests and that's how i figured they were bidding like 70 dollars for an spa placement mm. like 30 to 40 at one point i bid 50 dollars or 49 dollars just to see <laughs> what it would come in at yeah and i there was one they had some campaigns they were bidding 48 dollars and just hoping that that would happen and i know that strategy because i did that at a, at a former job so sure. as you know we were starting to see that i'm like there's no reason to to do sky high bids for our type of product it doesn't make sense yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to help our brand to do that. But for Osmo, 
the kind of product they have, their newer brand. And it is one of those things where you buy one product and if you love it, they have products for every age range. And for them, sure. it was really intelligent to do. And I knew exactly what they were doing and, and they did it well. I don't know what any of the numbers were, but <laughs> knowing what their agenda was, you know, they did a good job because we are just not going to compete on $30, $50 bids. Sure. And it's really hard when you're having that competition too, if it's over shorter periods of time. Because they're probably yeah. not going to see the results till multiple days after. <laughs> and so yeah. that's where it's like if you're really having those competitions for the top spot, you have to be willing to be in it for a while. So then they start seeing the results and the returns that they're getting yeah. and then probably back off over time. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like I think back to the original question, like generally like a three row as is considered pretty good industry wide. And then there's room for improvement there. Like with the toy category, it's so fragmented. Like. You know, we track share of voice with some keywords and, you know, often we'll be winning share of voice for a certain keyword bucket, which is public information. That's not like proprietary, right? Anyone can check this, but you've got like the top 10 competitors and then it'll say others and the other could be like 60% up to 80% is everybody else, both organic and paid. And so with the toy category, if you type in toys, like it's mostly like a lot of brands you've never heard of. Sure. It's yep. great. And when you look at the search term report, the term toys is always top five within the toys category. We're, sure. of course, always in the top 10, so usually top five. But it's just bananas because like we're the let's say the top one of the top five search terms within toys. But yet, if you type in toys, you're not going to see a lot of our products organically because the competition is is wild. It's crazy. Or like sure. there's so many top terms where there's room for us to improve. So that's where. Even as, as big as we are, there's always room for improvement. You'll see like what is it, analytics index will put out a post every month and and like we've shared a couple of their screenshots and then we'll be we'll be asked for more information if we can get more and it's it's like yeah, we do really well, but I don't know, it's like that mentality of always day one, there's always room for improvement. So when that search toys, they're not seeing our products organically, we we, we're usually serving at least one ad, maybe a sponsor brand ad or, or a sponsor product ad. But, um, you know, we have so many products to promote as well. It's not like with supplements where I would have a top 30 list. Mm-hmm. And then if I needed to cut back on budget, I'd focus on a top 20. And then I remember sometimes where like my budget changed and they're like, okay, you can only spend this much. It's like, well, I've already spent this much for the quarter. Sure. I have to pull back for the next three weeks. So I'm going to focus on top five products because I always want a banner ad, an SBA at the top of fish oil. I always want one product, at least uh, the top slot for sponsor product ads. So I think strategy wise, it's you got to prioritize like, what do you want? And like we had that North Star at Nordic Naturals where always we want to slot there no matter what our budget is. So when I pulled back, I had a clear path. And even moving forward, right, there are times when they're like, here's a huge amount of money as an extra budget for this month. And I knew exactly where to go because I had my top 20 list. And then from there I could, I could branch out and then even prioritizing by, um, by the price point, right? It depends on what you're in. If you type in fish oil and you use helium 10 to like grab, you know, report for that first page, you're going to see like the average price is like sure. 20, what, $20, $30. I don't know it off the top of my head. I, from what I remember is around that and our, our main product we pushed was $33. So, sure. you know, you got to make sure. Have a little bit more marge. Yeah. If I'm looking at toddler toys and I, 
if the average price is $20 and I'm trying to like push a $50 product at the top, sure. well, it might do well if it's like a runaway hit that the Kardashians had on their Instagram, <laughs> you know, right. But you just got to be, you know, when you're trying to get precise, um, you just got to put the work in and really know your business. And, you know, yeah. sometimes we present to executives that don't have digital marketing, a digital marketing background. And so you explain it just like an aisle at the store. Cause a lot of them, when you're at a bigger company, they put their dues in and they moved up selling to big retailers, small retailers still today, right? You have those different kind of in cap displays. And so like relating the digital shelf, like, toys that's like one aisle so like one presentation i went to walmart took a picture of a lego end cap and we had a really hot product it had like one product there yeah but there's space for like 30 and then like a second product that wasn't selling as quickly was there and you know taking that picture throwing it a presentation relating it to their experience um sure you know you take and yourself I, out of it and, and look at it, i think it's helpful I always go in person to stores. When I was at Nordic, I would go to the vitamin shop, look at our products, look at competitors. Because you see competitors dominant on Amazon, but they're they're not even in a store. Sure. Right? Like we know that. And then even toys. Now that like, I don't want to say COVID is over, but it, it feels like we're getting closer and closer to normal. It feels normal where I live at. I go to Target. That's I have two Targets really close. And I'll just go take my son to the toy section and you just see there's a, a lot of amazing toys. Like there's a lot of competition. You can't take, can't take sales for granted. Sure. Um, so, just, so when you're, when you're setting budgets and everything for your digital advertising spend, so you guys have a lot of decisions to make with all the different SKUs and products that you've had. And then yeah. you can also allocate between like branded. So how much do we want to protect the legal brand name versus allocating it to specific products and trying more general search terms and trying to rank there? So how do you make those decisions on where do you allocate spend overall and what those key goals are going to be for each of them? Yeah, I think there's there's two main ways that budgets are usually set. And I've worked in a variety of ways. My last job, yeah. I was given like a percentage of revenue sure. so that if our sales were to skyrocket, we have more money to push the brand even further. I really liked that method. Um, cause as you said, when sales went up, I had more money to spend. I knew where to push it. Sure. And the company is really good about keeping inventory at Amazon, like plenty and plenty of inventory. It's also a different model, right? It's a seller central account. We control that sure. with Lego. I'm given a budget, you know, there's sales goals. So you try to match up ad spend with the sales goal for each month. And it's very seasonal when it comes to toys. So sure. I'm given a budget. I, I don't, I can't say like, Hey, can I have like 10% of revenue for my ad budget? That's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, not impossible, but probably not happening anytime soon. And then when it comes to branded, kind of just, you see how things go. I used to try to keep branded at like 10 to 15%. Okay. Um, I think it went up a little, I started using sponsored brand video ads a lot this last year sure. because we have a lot of really great assets. Like, I mean, really the best, like it's probably one of the more fun parts of my job is going yeah. through all the videos that we have and all of the brand managers will send me what they have for new products. And so that, that placement became more important, right? Because there's a lot of products that are very similar to ours and I was finding their videos and our branded searches. And so 
I had to reprioritize like, oh, wow, like I need to have more options, not just have two video ads, because if they go out of stock, it takes a while to go get a video from the right person, make sure it's compliant, find the right products. It's really, it's a very long process because there's certain things that I can't just go use the video without permission. I can't, if it's 47 seconds, Mm -hmm. um, if it's a certain type of video, I have to get permission to edit it and make sure that, um, you know, so it's, so yeah. So how, how do you communicate results to your team too? So like, for instance, if you're yeah. just judged on your performance based off of ROAS, well, you can sit there and I can just target Lego like the whole time and spend my whole budget on branded search, which is going to have a better ROAS versus targeting a more general term, like toys for boys, seven to 13 or something like that. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you communicate the results overall and showing that you're doing the most effective job that you can with the advertising yeah. spend? I mean, some of it is just having that integrity and and self-policing because usually there's not a lot of people with search experience outside of your team. Like even at a company like mine, there's not a lot outside of our team. There's some people that have done it in the past here and there, but they're not in on like the latest things. And if they jumped into the account, you know, probably take them a while to figure it out. So I think for all of our jobs, we're usually the only person at our company. So I think that's where it comes with integrity and and just being an honest person. But I, I report out unbranded search every week. Okay. We have like a meeting every week. I used to send out an email to like our division and it was maybe a little too much, but we have like, we have business meetings every week. So I present it sure. there. I'll put like our total contribution to the retail sales. Sometimes I'll do like our total ad spend really related to overall sales. That's not as important. I think it, at my job is I would always track that since that's how I was sure. given budget at my last job. So yeah, yeah. that one I would track every week. Um, at Nordic Naturals, I would I started focusing on subscribers every week because mm-hmm. one of the things I did was I started adding subscribe and save as a tagline in, in SBAs. Sure, and and so that was just an important metric. Subscribers was a hugely important one. We did some new strategies there. This is where like browsing Amazon can give you ideas as I saw this product I wanted and they had a 0% subscribe and save. Sure. And for me, there's one product I absolutely have to have subscribe and save for and I don't care if I save money, I just want it. And that's like this one specific Red Bull that is like really (laughs) difficult to buy by the case. Sure. And so as a customer, I'm like, well, it makes sense because I just want the product. And so we rolled out 0% to the whole catalog Okay. And it took a little bit of time, but it like catapulted our sales sure. and it gave us a lot of subscribers. And it also, which we don't know if it was a coincidence or not, but it seemed to help us get the buy box because at the okay. time we had a lot of 3P sellers. Sure. So I don't yeah. know. And so I love how you, you're, you keep taking it back to the lifetime value of the customer too, when you're yeah. looking at these goals. So it's not just that immediate sale. And, you know, so if we're looking just strictly at ROAS or ACOS, it's typically just going to incorporate that first sale. But looking yeah. at those repeat sales, whether it's through subscribe and save or other people who are coming back and buying again from your brand, from the analytics that we have, it's really taking that into account in the metrics that you're setting and how you're judging performance. It's not just the advertising metrics, but it's the whole picture that ties yeah. into it. Yeah. yeah. And that's one thing that I think Amazon, I know there's a lot of people internally that want to make this happen, but the new to brand metric for sponsor brand ads sponsor product ads. Um, it exists, but they're not able to release it yet. And so 
I brought it up to our Amazon rep recently and they were just telling me like, trust me, there's plenty of advocates and, you know, it appears to be a very complicated issue internally, but I think that's another one. It's, it's, it's valuable for sponsor brand ads. I think for sponsor product ads, you'd be able to dial in even more like how valuable this is. Yep. Uh, it helps you justify that. And it's not just based off of that initial ROAS or ACOS that you're getting. Yeah. If like 10% of your sponsor product ads are new to brand, then it's like, well, somebody's just going to buy your brand anyways. So, sure. you know, so yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I know you follow. I tend to, to, to uh, get a little off track. No, this is great. Yeah. So I, I know that you spent, you, you follow like trends in the industry quite a bit. Yeah. So any key things that you're really excited about and any key headwinds that you see going forward? I really hope that this new to brand metric takes off. Cause I saw it for an account recently that I think I was not supposed to see it for. It was from like another, it was not from the U S it was from another market. Sure. And, and I was like, that's why I was like, oh, so it does exist. We just can't have it. Sure. Um, I think that would be really huge. I think that would be something I would be tracking every week. So like for weekly reporting at my current job, I don't, I don't track new to brand stuff very often, except maybe if we launch a new initiative sure. or some new sponsor brand campaigns. I think like a good new to brand metric is usually around 30%. And if you're doing 40%, that's good. And then if it's above that, it's like you're kind of outdoing yourself and it's it's a good campaign. Sure. Um, I think that's what I'm most excited about. I yeah. feel like at the end of the day, everything is still very simple. You're just, you want to add where people are searching and you want to be on those high volume keywords as much as possible if you can afford it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about what's exciting. I know that Amazon data this last week has been really wonky. <laughs> I'd be excited for that to be fixed like in the next 24 hours. Uh, that would be awesome. So yeah, yeah, no, I love that. And just the more information that we can have to again measure that lifetime value of the customer coming in, it just helps us make yeah. better decisions overall for our advertising. And so yeah, totally. Any any other trends that that you're seeing that you're not excited about or that you, it's going to uh, add competition? Yeah, I would say there was one recently where we used a, a custom image that had text in it, which you're not supposed to. But usually, if you, they'll just not approve the image. Um, but they approve the image, so I'm like, okay, that's no problem. Well, like a month later, they took down all these campaigns and pulled it out of the uh, out of like the console. So when I'm looking at year to date or last month, gotcha, sure. Sales and ads are so. I don't know if that's a trend. I think they tried to improve a process yeah. and that is one that is, I mean, by the time you air this, hopefully it will be fixed, but it's like my top thinking this morning is like, <laughs> you know, you approve this image, even though it's kind of, you know, you say no text, but often a lot of those things, depending on the text, they'll just approve it. Sure. SBA, so. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So no, I, I, I love all the insights that you have. And so for anybody who's looking to contact you or learn more about you or just get some of your resources, where, where should they go? Yeah, I would say just go on LinkedIn. I chat with people all the time. I usually try to talk to somebody like on the phone or video chat like once a week, like one of my peers. It's happening a little bit more frequently. There's a few people I talk to a lot more often these days, but I'm always, you know, try to catch up with somebody or get to know someone a little bit. 
does it mean I say yes to everyone? Of course. Yeah. Uh, Cause I do have a lot of people messaging. It's like, like, Hey, can we talk for 30 minutes? And I'm like, you know, uh, it's time with my family. I don't have time for that now, you know, but, but I think that, and I think following yourself, like, I think I told you before the, I think you did like a DS, a really good like DSP explanation overall. And so I took it to our DSP person because I don't work in DSP at this job and just like, Hey, like, what are you working on? That's in this chart. Like sure. what are you, what's on your roadmap? Oh, that's uh, awesome. I think following good people on LinkedIn is what I've been doing for six, seven years connecting with people that post good stuff. And I don't know, I think that's the best, well, best way to learn as far as not something that's hands-on, but. Sure. That's awesome. Yep. So definitely encourage you to follow Josh. He's got a lot of great info and just awesome guy to talk to. So Josh, I, I really appreciate you joining the podcast today and giving us your insights. Yeah, this has been great. I appreciate it. That's awesome. And for anybody listening, as always, really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Ad Project podcast. Um, looking forward to joining you on the next episode. So thanks for listening.